This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Roseman. The show is called Because I Said So, a four-word phrase associated with traditional parenting. It is also, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, where Paul says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. In other words, obey your parents because they tell you to obey them. Actually, because I said so, is affirmed in Scripture, such as Ephesians 6, 1. And uh, the show, on with the show, it is on American Family Radio, as it is right now, perhaps, unless you're listening to the delayed podcast, which is put up on my website on the Tuesday following the broadcast of the show. But the show is originally aired on American Family Radio stations all across America on Saturday afternoons at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, and you can do the math from there. If you would like to know more about who I am and what I do, my family ministry, my parenting ministry, you can go to John Rosemond, and I'll spell it for you in case you're a first-time listener, J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E, like the flower, M-O-N-D, there's a D on the end. It's kind of an unusual spelling. There aren't that many of us in America. It's actually a Polish-Jewish name by origin that was adopted by my great-great-great-great-grandfather Sobieski Kwiatkowski, who was actually Catholic until he married a Baptist woman after coming to the United States in 1832. Sobieski, after coming to this country, subsequently changed his name to John Rosemond. And his gravestone, which uh, I want to get a rubbing of someday, is in lies and actually lies. It is a horizontal gravestone that lies in the uh, graveyard of the Episcopal Church in Hillsborough, North Carolina, which is sort of the my father's uh, family's family home. Anyway, I don't know why I told you all that, but I did. So I hope I have enough time to get through this material because the material was prompted, the material for the show today was prompted by a letter and a pamphlet that I received from a listener slash reader. Apparently, he and his wife read my book, Parenting by the Book, the book in the title being the Bible, and were a little not significantly, but a little taken aback by my chapter on spanking. So I decided that what I would do is really flesh this topic out today, the topic of spanking, which tends to be a hot-button topic in culture and is also a somewhat controversial subject in Christian circles as well. In fact, I think it's safe to say that the topic of spanking, also known as corporal or physical punishment, is uh, the most controversial and potentially inflammatory of all child-rearing topics, as reflected in the fact that 
hysterics on the extreme left who become apoplectic about any opinion, it would seem these days, not shared by those of us who wear functional thinking caps, any opinion of theirs, in other words, not shared by those of us who are in possession of functional thinking caps, you know, uh, hysterics, and I call them hysterics in every sense of the term on the extreme left, believe that any swat to a child's rear end is child abuse. And along those lines, unfortunately, the argument over whether spanking is or is not a legitimate form of discipline has devolved over the past, uh, I would say, 45 to 50 years into a clash of extremes. On the one hand, there are the usual subjects on the left, mostly, who begin quaking at the very mention of the word. Well-meaning folks, for the most part, who insist that any swat whether administered with an open hand or a board belt or branch to a child's rear end, is a criminal act that furthermore teaches said child that might makes right and that hitting people who do not do what one wants them to do is the proper way to go about correcting and redirecting said folks. That's the one extreme. It's a Well, I'll say this about it. No research into the issue of spanking done by credible social scientists who are not trying to prove a point has found any result that would confirm that opinion. On the other, but, but they keep holding the opinion because people on the left facts don't matter as we should know. On the other hand, at the other extreme, we find Christians, generally fundamentalist Christians, who are convinced that God has directed parents to whack their children across the buttocks with rods of various composition, shape, and origin when and even whenever said children misbehave. In defense of that position, the latter group points to Scripture in which the term rod or word rod is used in the context of the discipline of children, including Proverbs 23.13. And I'm reading here from where this scripture is concerned from the NIV. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. And then we have Proverbs 22.15. I prefer the original King James Translation, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. And then Proverbs 29, 15, again, King James, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Now, note, I I, I emphasized it purposefully, hoping that the listener would pick up on this. In all three instances, the word rod is preceded by the article the. In fact, the Bible gives two very different uses of the word rod. In certain scripture, it is preceded by the article a, in other words, a rod, and in others, it is preceded by the article the, the rod. So, applying the, and I've been saying this for more than 20 years, 
applying the exegetical rule that Scripture interprets Scripture, in other words, that by examining these two very different usages over the entirety of God's Word, one can only conclude that whereas a rod does indeed refer to an object used as a cane for administering punishment or a measuring stick or a staff for herding livestock or a descendant like the rod of Jesse or a scepter, a symbol of a ruler's authority, that the rod is a metaphorical usage as in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 4, which says, He shall strike the earth, he being the Lord, shall strike the earth, and as some regardless as a prophetic scripture referring to Jesus in the end times at the judgment, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Now, no biblical scholar would propose a literal interpretation of that passage. No biblical scholar would say that the rod in Isaiah 11.4 refers to a cylindrical object that protrudes from God's mouth. The usage here is obviously metaphorical, a reference to God's or Jesus's omnipotent authority in all matters. Then there is the matter of the seeming contradiction between a verse such as Proverbs 23.13, which says, do not withhold discipline of a chi- from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die, the rod. And Exodus 21.20, which says, anyone who beats their male or female slave with a rod must be punished if the slave dies as a direct result. Well, the only way to resolve the contradiction, folks, the contradiction between the fact that the Bible states that an adult slave might die if beaten by a rod while the rod, God promises in Proverbs 23.13, will not result in the death of a child is to conclude that in Exodus, the article A indicates an object, while in Proverbs, the article V indicates a metaphor. Extending the metaphor of Isaiah 11.4, he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked, to the rod of child discipline, it becomes or should become obvious that God is commanding parents to discipline children with an authority that replicates his authority in our lives. Parents are, in other words, to represent God in this respect. In their instruction, correction, and reproof of their children, they are to be his imagers. As such, their authority should be just, unequivocal, not subject to negotiation, uncompromising, consistent, and always in the best interest of children. Parents discipline, therefore, not out of anger, but out of love and compassion for their children's sinful natures. And that is stated clearly in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12, where it says, for the Lord, and I'm reading the ESV now, I jump all over the place where uh, <laughs> translations are concerned. For the Lord reproves him 
who he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. Again, we are to discipline children in a manner that imitates, images God's discipline of us. Okay, we're up against a break. I'll be back with more on this provocative subject in just a moment. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome back. For those of you just joining the show, and if you are just joining the show, the show will be podcast on uh, this Tuesday, and you can go to my website, johnroseman.com, and click on the link, and it'll take you right to the podcast again this this coming Tuesday. Uh, presumably, if you are listening, uh, presumably or I am assuming, I guess is the right way to put this, you are listening to the show in its original broadcast on American Family Radio, 6 o'clock Eastern, et cetera, et cetera, Saturday afternoon. So uh, what I'm doing today is I'm talking about spanking. And I'm saying that the rod of discipline in Scripture is not a spanking, necessarily now that's an important word i'll come back to that in a minute that the rod in other words the word rod preceded by the article the is if you do proper biblical exegesis is obviously different from a rod a rod is a concrete object the rod is a metaphor The mistake made by a good number of contemporary theologians, I'm not going to name names, but the interested reader should have no difficulty finding examples of this through an internet search, is that of conflating the rod and a rod. It's obvious that in every case in question, the interpreter has approached passages such as Proverbs 22.15, having already concluded that they refer to spankings administered with switches, paddles, belts, hairbrushes, and so on. Said theologians also cherry-pick their translations of the passages in question, and indeed, by the way, several translations, including the English Standard Version, use a rod in Proverbs 23.13. Nonetheless, the rod is used in an overwhelming number of, and majority of translations, including the New International Version, the King James, the New King James, and the New American Standard. Since both the King James Version, where the rod is the translation, and the English Standard Version, where a rod is the translation, are inspired, it is reasonable, I think, to conclude that both the literal and metaphorical translations of the term in this verse are correct. In other words, that whether the rod, the rod is more correct than a rod or vice versa is impossible to determine. And that ambiguity strengthens the argument to the effect that God is not commanding spankings. Rather, he is commanding that parents discipline in a godly manner. That same ambiguity, however, 
also suggests what I have long maintained, and that is that while God is not prescribing physical punishment for misbehavior, he is not disallowing it either. In other words, the rod is not necessarily a spanking, but spankings are nonetheless a legitimate form of the rod. I'm going to say that again. The rod is not necessarily a spanking, but spankings are nonetheless a legitimate form of the rod. Uh, This ambiguity also brings into question the popular, in Christian circles this is popular, notion that spanking should be administered with an object like a switch, paddle, or a belt. Again, if the rod is metaphorical and does not refer specifically to a spanking, then the rod in this context does not refer to an object either. Metaphors do not suddenly become literal unless the interpreter comes to the text with preset conclusions and is therefore reading into the text what is not there. So, here's the bottom line. Spankings, per se, are not a problem. You know, this is something I get asked at nearly every speaking engagement, where I open the floor for Q&A, which is one reason why I rarely open the floor for Q&A. I usually do a dedicated Q&A the following morning after a speaking event in the evening or on a Sunday afternoon. It almost never fails every time I open the floor for Q&A that someone will ask, John, do you believe in spankings or what is your opinion on spanking? The question reflects the fact that this is a very controversial issue, a hot-button topic in culture in general and a hot-button topic in the Christian community as well. And my answer to the question is that spankings per se are not the problem. The problem is the manner in which many, if not most, parents spank. In other words, the real problem is not the procedure itself. Rather, it is the operator of the procedure. So in my estimation, spankings become problematic under four circumstances. One, when they are delivered not because the parent has made a judicious decision among alternative consequences, but simply because he or she is angry. I'm talking about a parent who spanks impulsively rather than thoughtfully. The second problematic characteristic is uh, when spankings are used as the default disciplinary method. In other words, when they are used sort of as the standard disciplinary procedure with a certain child. Three, when the spanking or spankings are administered with an object like a paddle or a belt, I think that's very problematic. And I'll explain all this in a second. And D or four, when they are excessive in terms of force. And by the way, if C, then D. In other words, if spankings are administered with an object like a paddle or a belt, then by definition, in my estimation, they are excessive in terms of force. Contrary to what some Christian parenting 
pundits maintain, spankings that do not fit the above description are forms of the rod of discipline. In other words, spankings that are uh, where the parent makes a judicious, well-thought-out decision to spank, spankings that occur occasionally rather than frequently, spankings that are administered with the hand, and spankings that, because they are administered with the hand or largely because they they are administered with the hand, are not excessive in terms of force. If a spanking conforms to that definition, then it is a form of the rod of discipline of Proverbs 22.15. What many seem to, I'm talking about Christian parenting pundits, what, what many of them seem to miss is that the key word in that scripture, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him, referring to the foolishness bound in the heart of the child, The key word is discipline, not rod. Discipline is the process by which a child is discipled by his parents, the process by which a child is transformed from a slave to his or her sinful nature, as reflected in the rebellious, narcissistic, and hedonistic behavior of a toddler, into a pro-social human being who looks up to his parents and other adults in positions of legitimate authority, that's respect, A child who submits to their authority, that's obedience. And a child who subscribes to their values, that's loyalty. Those should be the goals of the discipline or discipling process. By way of explicating each of the problematic aspects I mentioned before, I will say this. Punishment that's motivated by anger is not discipline. It's simply punishment, and punishment in and of itself is neither instructive nor corrective. Furthermore, if a punishment fails to instill in a child a desire to do better, if it fails to instill that desire, then it is more than likely to cause resentment and consequently a swelling of the child's rebellious spirit. To be effective, to move a child to repentance, a spanking must instill a permanent memory as well as a contrite spirit. Contrary to the well-known biblical or non-biblical adage, the spare the rod, spoil the child, which many people in the Christian community are surprised to learn does not appear anywhere in Scripture. It's a non-biblical adage. Contrary to that adage, spanking should be used sparely. The rod of discipline should not be spared, but spanking should be. I'll say that again. The rod of discipline should not be spared, but spanking should be. They should not be used for all misbehavior, but be reserved for acts of belligerent defiance, blatant disrespect, willful destruction of other people's property, theft, lies that are hurtful to others, and using the Lord's name in a curse. That is not to say that every instance of defiance, disrespect, and so on should be responded to with a spanking but that spankings for behaviors outside those parameters will almost surely be excessive in number and frequency, thus indicative of parent anger. The bottom line is the more often that a given child is spanked, the less meaningful and therefore ineffective any given spanking will be. 
I'm a firm advocate of spanking for the hand, if for no other reason, when the hand is used, the parent has no excuse for spanking with excessive force. Quite simply, because the pain felt by the adult's hand is equivalent to the pain felt by the child's rear end, the hand becomes a governor, preventing the adult from going overboard. Okay, very quickly, a spanking should not exceed five swats to a child's rear end. That's plenty. And should be accompanied by other consequences like loss of privilege. Okay, folks, while well, I'm right up against the end of the show, as I thought I might be. So, thanks for joining us. I hope this has been uh, provocative, interesting, thought-provoking, enjoyable to listen to. And I hope I've given you lots of good blessings to your parenting efforts today. God bless you. God bless your families. In his name, amen.